When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, and welcome to another episode of the Chicago Audible, and welcome to our next installment of our annual Summer Series Countdown to Camp, as today we'll be taking a hard look at the Chicago Bears backfield, as this show is all about the Bears running backs. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. This is part two of our double episode recording night. We just wrapped up our offensive line live streams a few moments ago, as we're dealing with a couple of internet issues that I believe are now behind us, Nick, but... Just like my internet, did you have a good few minutes to kind of catch your breath here as we kind of hit the reset button? Yeah, got a, got out a couple of yawns. Uh, didn't want to have that happen during the podcast, of course. But yeah, I'm ready to go talk about these running backs. I think we'll be. I think this is a podcast we'll be a little bit more hopeful about than the previous one for sure. <laughs> yeah, I got a little sour there, but definitely this one should have a little bit more. I'll say pizzazz. Why not? That's a fun word to kind of throw out here early in this podcast, but. Nick, uh, obviously we just kind of talked to one another, so I don't think we can really fake any more small talks. You want to just kind of <laughs> jump on in and get to our running back preview? Let's do it. All right, beginning with the first tier, let's begin with who will be handling the bulk of the carries, and that second-year pro, David Montgomery. Montgomery finished his rookie season with 889 rushing yards. He averaged 3.7 yards per carry and only 55 yards per game. He added in another 185 yards as a receiver to give him over 1,000 scrimmage yards for his rookie year. Not too shabby for a rookie back, especially with an offensive line issues that obviously we're all too aware of. Montgomery didn't have much of a chance on a large volume of his carries, getting contacted behind or at the line of scrimmage just way too often. Still, he showed glimpses of what he can do, and Nick, I think we said a few times last year that he had some of the more impressive three- to four-yard runs that you'll just ever see, which he really did earn every yard last season. Now, Nick, I know a lot of what we're expecting out of Montgomery and all the Bears' backs does hinge on the offensive line's ability to improve its run-blocking, open-up holes, and generate that drive and push we were just talking about. But when it comes to David Montgomery, what areas of his game specifically do you want to see him improve upon from his rookie year? Yeah, so just watching the tape, I think you see a lot of good things that David Montgomery obviously brings to the table. But the one thing that I want to see him improve upon in 2020 is trusting his offensive line a little more. And I know that's tough in itself, just given how that unit played. There wasn't a reason for David Montgomery to really trust what was happening up front. But just watching the film, there were times where I thought David Montgomery 
could have stayed the course. If his route is to, is to go directly on the outside of the guard or even his aiming points to tackle, he needs to stay that course and see the blocks kind of play out before he abandons it. I think there are times where obviously you see David Montgomery making shifty moves where he's cutting back into lanes, trying to make things happen. You you said it well. He had some of the better three, two to three yard you know rushes in the NFL just because he had to make so many people miss. But I think there are also times where he should have trusted what was happening in front of him a little bit longer, a little bit more. But I can I I understand why he may not have done that because his offensive line all season didn't give him a reason to trust what was happening. But there were instances where I thought he could have done that. And another area of his game where you want to see some improvement on is just where his his pass blocking. I think a lot of times David Montgomery was going for a defender's legs as a, trying to stand a guy straight up and just trying to you know wall off and stop the rush in itself. And some of these defenders would just kind of swim move by him or push him to the ground and then proceed with their pass rush. So those are two areas. And again, I saw a lot of good things with David Montgomery. But in 2020, in year two, those are two areas I would like to see him kind of improve his game. Would you say uh, that on top of the trust uh, in addition to it, or maybe they're just kind of interlinked would be some patience because at times, like you said, maybe abandoning uh, the overall run scheme a little bit too early, trying to bounce it. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Really where, you know, maybe his plan B is on some of those plays without having the patience to allow those lanes to fully open up. And again, really hard last year. Didn't see many of those lanes open up. But just like you, I did see times where he's cutting it one way or the other. And if he would have just given it an extra second, well, not a true second, but a half a second here or there, uh, the wall would have opened and he would have had that crease that he could have hit and perhaps gained a few more yards, uh, perhaps even a little bit easier than the path that he sometimes decided to take a year ago. Yeah, I think those go hand in hand, the trust and the patience. We And look, we saw a lot of times where David Montgomery was patient and he got a lot more yards than he should have. But I think that hand in hand, the timing or just the trust and the patience with it is going to help him a lot and make things a little bit easier because he took some shots last year just because of all the extra fighting that he did to try and get those two to three yards at times. So the trust, the patience, we see that come together a little bit more in year two. Like I, I look, I loved it when the Bears made the pick to move up to get David Montgomery. I have all the faith in him, but if he could put that together, plus the pass blocking in for this the second season, he could be a really good running back and the one that's perfect for Matt Nagy's offense. Hey, that's what you wrote about uh, way before the Bears even drafted him. I like that plug. Yeah, that's, I tried to subtly put that in there. Your face wasn't subtle uh, with that big, <laughs> that big smirk on your face, but 
definitely know what you mean. But yeah, especially in a zone scheme, patience is huge because they're trying to make those walls. The offensive line does need a little bit of time to reach that second level and shift everyone out of those play side gaps. So it just makes sense why patience would be a big thing. But again, that does go back to the offensive line's ability to actually generate that push, get some of that drive, reach that second level, and open up these running lanes. And if they do... I believe Montgomery has a skill set to be a very productive back here uh, for the Bears, like we've always envisioned. Uh, I'm not taking last year only the 55 yards per game. There were times where they weren't giving him the ball uh, nearly as much as they should, right? I mean, you're looking at the Saints game before we went live for our first show, and I think he said he only had two carries composed to uh, Mitch throwing the ball like 54 times. That's exactly right, Will. And there was only four times last year where David Montgomery had 20 or more carries. And in those games, the Bears were 3-1. and one. The one game they lost was against the Chargers, which they should have won. So it's a very similar statistic to what Jordan Howard kind of had, right? When he had 20 or more rushing attempts, the Bears ended up winning those games. He only had four games where he had 20 or more rushing attempts, and the Bears went 3-1 and one in those games. There we go. Just giving the rock just a little bit more. But of course, uh, they need to be not playing from behind as much. Uh, and they also need to be able to uh, show a true threat through the air. So it, everything kind of comes together. And as football, that's what makes it such an awesome sport. Uh, one area that we haven't really talked about so far, Nick, though, is Montgomery's ability to be a receiver coming out of the backfield. He averaged less than two catches per game last season, but he did average nearly 7.5 yards every time he caught a ball last year. Do you believe that the Bears can utilize him more as a receiver in 2020? And if so, do you have any ways that you'd like to see them go about it? Yeah, they absolutely can, and they should if they want to get the most out of David Montgomery. He's a good route runner and knows how to get open. And I think just out of the backfield, there are a couple times where he just runs a swing route or a little bit of a, a, um, a wheel route, and he's open down the field. I just think that Matt Nagy didn't utilize that enough last season. And then with the next running back, Tree Cohen, just enough in 2019 to get the most out of it. But David Montgomery should end up having a lot more than 25 receptions. And you already alluded to how much he had per reception. He's a threat as a receiver as well. It can make linebackers, they put him out wide, pay. Just on a simple slant route or anything of that nature. He's capable of doing that. And that's why, you know, that's why I really liked him out of Iowa State. Obviously, he broke a lot of tackles there. And you saw that with the Bears in his first season. But he can be a weapon out of the backfield as a receiver. And Matt Nagy needs to start utilizing him more effectively and just more just more in 2020 i would love to see him get in space just a little bit more last year we saw him finding ways to break arm tackles from defensive linemen consistently linebackers consistently and if you can get him into space you should be able to do that on dbs all day long and really eat eat them up and that's what i'm hoping uh, matt Nagy saw of course you got to get him into that spot. You have to have the right timing. Uh, you can't be a one-trick pony by any means. But like you, Nick, I was surprised when I was reflecting back on Montgomery's rookie season. He didn't get more looks as a receiver. So for me, uh, definitely something I want to see more of. But what type of season as a whole should we expect out of David Montgomery? I personally, I think this year we all hope he can kind of put all the pieces together, the entire offense really. But is it a stretch to put the bar at a thousand yard rushing season? I don't think so. Uh, comparing he was about 150 yards shy a year ago, but I'm just curious, should we have that bar set? Like we would really need to see a thousand yards on the ground out of Montgomery in year two to kind of see that progression that we're all hoping that he does have coming up. 
Yeah, I don't think it's a stretch to say he can get 1,000 yards on the ground. He had 889 yards, and I just told you about how many times he didn't get the football or in that Saints game where he got two. The first game of the season against the Packers, he gets six attempts. I think the Bears can utilize David Montgomery a lot more this season and not I don't want to see a bunch of quantity and have the same 3.7 yard average that he had. Right. He's definitely a, a capable of having, you know, close in the fours or, you know, being a better, more efficient running back. And you're hoping Juan Castillo and that offensive line can help him out a little bit. But yeah, a thousand yards is definitely in the question for 2020 just because of what David Montgomery is as a player, what we saw in year one, the glimpses and the flashes and then where we kind of project him in year two, he's definitely capable of a thousand yards, being a thousand yard rusher for sure. Yeah, and I think there's a lot on him. We'll talk about, of course, the rest of the backs here on this roster, but by and large, he's the only true back uh, who can be a three down running back, that more traditional running back, um, and every yard down type of guy on this team uh, that has at least NFL experience. There may have a couple uh, undrafted free agent guys that kind of fit that similar mold, but not nearly to the same degree. So I think there's a lot of, I'd say, pressure on Montgomery to perform this year. And the offense needs someone of his capabilities, of his skill set, uh, to play to his maximum potential to really open up this offense and allow the whole unit uh, to play at a higher level here in 2020. But let's go ahead. Let's move on to the longest tenured back on the roster, and that's Tariq Cohen. Last season, Cohen saw numerous career lows. Uh, you'll see him uh, with his total rushing yards at 213. Uh, same thing with his yards per attempt down to 3.3, uh, which is the first time in his career he's actually under four. Um, in fact, actually under 4.3 yards per carry. And it was also the first season where he did not have a single rushing touchdown. And right now I'm just talking about Cohen, quote, the running back. And we'll talk about Cohen, the receiver in just a few minutes here. But as a running back, it was a very difficult season for him a year ago to really find any success on the ground. Nick, when you were looking back, did you find out why he had such a hard time succeeding as a running back, uh, a true rusher? Uh, He only averaged two less rushing attempts per game as opposed to 2018. So it doesn't really fully explain why we're seeing a dip in production. Do you have any insight? Yeah, that was an interesting, just a watch, just kind of going back and seeing Tariq Cohen in 2019, what could have, you know, created this this drawback from, from his 2018 season. But I think what it is, is like when this offensive line didn't reach that block or didn't get to the second level or things didn't go perfectly, the main thing Tariq Cohen wanted to do was bounce outside. That was like his go-to thing. It's let me try to get to the sideline. Let me try to get around these guys. That's not always the case, especially in outside inside zone schemes. There are lanes to cut back into if guys don't necessarily reach their their defender. So I think that's where where Tariq Cohen really needs to improve his game. Just maybe the vision aspect of it. Look, credit to to him for not doing well. The offensive line was terrible. It, they didn't give him a lot of running room in the first place. But in these outside inside zone schemes. Not everything's going to be blocked perfectly, and you kind of have to create things by going back a gap. And that's where I kind of want to see Tariq Cohen maybe trust that a little bit more instead of just trying to bounce everything outside. There was a, there all, like throughout a game, well, you can go on Twitter and scroll down. It's like you can't find somebody like Tariq Cohen likes, like the sideline or some, something along those lines, right? Just to show his infatuation, just wanting to run out of bounds. So, I think that's going to be key for him in 2020. Again, a little bit with, with David Montgomery trusting what the offensive line is could do. 
instead of just trying to go outside every single time and hoping for the best. Yeah, it uh, looks like the stream may be having issues picking up what we're trying to put down here, Nick, but I hear you loud and clear, so I think we'll keep rolling this recording as is and just kind of hope for the best. People uh, giving my Wi-Fi uh, some crap here, but I'm trying my best, and I hear some thunder outside, so... Fingers crossed it all kind of works itself out here for us this evening. But you hit on a lot of good points about how Cohen can get back to form as a running back. And obviously we don't need him to be the true down guy. Uh, You don't need him to be the... Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Workhorse by any stretch of the means, but if he is the second running back on this roster, uh, he needs to do more than just averaging, you know, three yards per carry. He needs to be able to produce more. He needs to be able to actually run the ball. A little bit more. He can't just be a guy who is only a receiver coming out of the backfield. It's just too easy to key in on. Um, I think we've seen that too um, over the last couple of seasons. But let's go ahead and let's look at Tariq Cohen, the wide receiver. Last year, he set a lot of career highs um, for targets, 104. Same with catches at 79. But his actual yardage gain was down nearly 300 yards. And his yards per reception was nearly cut in half. So despite getting more touches and more looks, he was actually less productive. And it appears the Bears weren't really able to enable Cohen to be nearly as dynamic as a receiver last season, too. So, Nick, is there a way for the Bears to tap back into that playmaking ability that Cohen brings to the table as a receiver? Or are we missing something here? I honestly think just looking back at it and seeing the numbers, and you just alluded to it, Will, they may have just gone to Tariq Cohen a little bit too much as a receiver. And that's why you see the yards per catch are significantly lower than they have been in years past, where I do like him a lot. And what the Bears did at times throughout the season, especially on first down plays, it's a little swing route out of the backfield. Six to seven yards guaranteed every single time, nearly every single time. And that's efficient and good good yardage to get on first down. And obviously, we want to see Tariq Cohen a little bit, especially if he's lined up on a linebacker, take have a deeper route than what is it a five yard hitch a little out route yes those can work when you especially when you need those short yard situations but he's got the speed and route running capability to stretch a defense vertically and like I said about David Montgomery we didn't see that enough from Matt Nagy scheming those things open or maybe Mitch Trubisky not hitting on things as well but that's kind of where I want to see Tariq Cohen B as a receiving running back. He has the capability of to burn you deep and to have to run those longer routes. Or if you're not going to do that, those swing routes that I was just talking about, especially on first down when he's lined up in the shotgun on either side of Mitch Trubisky, that's six to seven yards. That's something that the Bears probably weren't getting on first down if they were just running the ball anyway. So it's a good way to start off a drive. It's efficient and it's an easy completion. That's a, a simple way that I would like to see the Bears kind of utilize more in 2020. Yeah, I can't disagree with you there. And on top of that, I know Cohen, at least on social media, has mentioned he needs to be a little bit more of a north and south type of guy, a little bit too much east and west. We've talked about it. Well, every fan knows it. They've seen him play. And I think if he can get back to that, that should also help as well. But 
I know we were disappointed in Cohen's season a year ago. I mean, the whole offense really as a whole, but really Cohen, because we've seen him put up big plays, big numbers, and really maximize touches. Are you confident we can get back to that? See, it sounds like if they follow your lead, yes, but I just want to kind of get your take if you are confident we can get back to that point or our defense is really adjusting to Tariq Cohen, knowing how Nagy likes to deploy him and kind of are more able to contain him. Are you fearful that that could continue here in 2020? I mean, look, it definitely could happen. Let's let's not try to eliminate that scenario. It definitely could be a possibility. But I think Tariq Cohen's skill set does work with what Matt Nagy wants to do. I think Matt Nagy still, he's still trying to figure out how to effectively implement the run. And he's still trying to figure out how to best use Tariq Cohen. So if things go right and you have all these different weapons and maybe some productivity out of the tight end position, I think that does open up things for Tariq Cohen to have a more efficient season. Not, I don't want to see the number of targets. And exact same thing, like I said about David Montgomery and the yards per carry, the yards per catch with Tariq Cohen. Those little two-yard dump-offs on third and eight don't do anything for an offense or for him. So I think it's possible that Matt Nagy can just put him in better positions and not be so predictable. I think it's the big thing. If you know it's a obvious passing situation, he's the only guy, uh, only running back out there. It's gonna, they might just pass it to Tree Cohen. It's just kind of setting up to be that way. So I'm not gonna eliminate that it can't happen because we didn't. None of us expected the offense to be this bad, you know, come last season. But I think with everything that the Bears are trying to do on offense to salvage 2020 or to make something of 2020, I think he will be better. I will go on a limb, I guess, a little bit and say that it will be a more effective season running back receiver from Tree Cohen. I mean, he needs it uh, entering that final deal, deal year of his rookie deal. Uh, he needs a big year to get another payday here in Chicago or elsewhere. Uh, we know he has a lot of talent, a lot of speed, a lot of athleticism. Uh, again, dynamic is the word that usually we talk about Trico and didn't see it nearly as much last year. Hopefully he can get back to it here in 2020, but uh, well, it's a lot of wait and see for that one. And to kind of wrap up tier one, let's throw in Cordero Patterson. He only had 17 rushes a year ago, but on those he got 103 yards and 6.1 yards per rush. The Bears did say back at the Combine, Nick, where you and I were at, that they want to use Patterson more in the backfield compared to last year. So I'm curious, you know, how much should we expect Patterson and how do you expect the Bears to utilize him? It seemed like last year it was pretty obvious what they wanted to do when Patterson was in the backfield a year ago. But do you think there are ways for the Bears to kind of break that mold? Maybe they use him more as a traditional back. I know the Patriots did a couple of seasons ago and he had decent production. But is that how he should be used? He's always an interesting puzzle piece, and I always have a hard time figuring out what's the best way to use Cordero Patterson. The Bears say they want that to be more of a backfield role. How do you expect that to look like? Yeah, so again, with Cordero Patterson, he's such a, a do-it-all kind of player, right? He can line up on the outside as a wide receiver in the slot and in the backfield, but I wrote an article earlier in the year, uh, I forgot when, about how the Bears can actually maximize Cordell Patterson. And one way the Patriots did it back in 2018 and got the most out of the limited snaps that Cordell Patterson had as a running back is they usually implemented a fullback with him. And on those plays, Patterson was actually pretty efficient at running the football. Um, in 18 games with the Patriots, just reading off my article here, including the playoffs, Patterson had 70 offensive touches, 45 rushing attempts, 25 receptions. 
uh, but he also accounted for 16 explosive plays and 22 per it was a 22 ex, uh, percent explosive play rate. So he had a lot of success when I forget the fullback's name for the Patriots was in the game because that just kind of allowed him to read the blocks that were going on in front of him and then make that quick cut because we saw it was the Cowboys game that quick little pass, the screen pass, quick to Cordell Patterson makes one cut, he's gone. So that's one area, and also. The Bears didn't do this enough last season, and he also had success with the Patriots doing it, is with the Jets sweeps. We didn't see a lot from the Bears last season, but with the Patriots, he did have a better, a way better yards per carry total than he did with the Bears. Again, it could be attributed to just bad offensive line play, maybe just predictable timing when they did call them. But those are two areas where if the Bears are going to use Cordero Patterson as a running back, put a fullback with him and try to call those jet sweeps when they're not the most predictable time to do so. Um, I think those would be ways you can get Cordell Patterson to get those efficient snaps because he's not going to get a lot of them. And we definitely don't want to see him playing wildcat quarterback anymore. But the Bears, I think he had it three times last season. They all went for, I think, either no yards or negative yards. So that's one way you don't want to use him. But jet sweeps and then implement a fullback, that will lead to hopefully better results for Cordell Patterson as a runner. Yeah, I like the jet sweep idea a lot, Nick, because if you can get him a few blockers in space and get him over the edge, in a lot of ways, that's like a kick return. And we know how deadly he can be and lethal he is as a returner uh, and how quickly he can put it into high gear and get up to full speed and one of the faster guys in the NFL. So yeah, that just makes too much sense to get him out there in space with a few guys in front of him to make some blocks and just let him uh, you know, dive in and... Uh, mix around and just make sure he's uh, getting in there and making some missed tackles. So I'm I'm all for that one as well. But I actually wanted to take a back step and look at uh, Cohen and Montgomery again. Uh, for Montgomery, he had about 80% of the offensive carries last year compared to three Cohen's 20%. Is that the number you expect to kind of stay the same, or will those get either more even or maybe skewed even further? I'm just curious how you expect – handoffs being split because I don't believe anyone expected I think such a wide disparity last season I knew I think we all wanted Montgomery to be uh, taking the majority obviously Mike Davis didn't really help any matters or any causes here but an 80-20 split I don't think at this point last year uh, any of us here on the show was expecting that but is that going to be the normal that you're expecting next season yeah it's a a tough one to say because I I, Dave Montgomery is clearly the better running back, it just just what he brings to the table and what he can make things happen when there's nothing there. You can't say the same thing about Tariq Cohen. So I don't know if the numbers are going to be so far to one side where that 80-20 kind of percentage there, but it, it may be what's in the best interest for the Bears in that rushing attack, to be completely honest, because if this offensive line doesn't improve with Juan Castillo and you need a guy that's going to get yards when there's nothing there, you want Montgomery to be the back and not Tariq Cohen because Tariq Cohen, like I said, he's running out of bounds. Montgomery is going to find ways just being the shifty running back that he is to get good. It's those tough two to three yards that we were talking about earlier, Will. So I don't think the number is going to be quite as high, the disparity between the, the running back snaps or the running back attempts, but it might just be the best case scenario for the Bears when it's all said and done. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't want Tariq Cohen honestly handling 40% of the carries or anything of that nature. I do think Montgomery needs to have more than 60% 
of those carries taking the rock because you need, you need to get him into a groove too. And I think we saw that in games where he had more touches, just like most running backs, he will be able to be more effective as the game went on. It's not earth shattering football knowledge. It really just kind of happens. And hopefully the bears can tap into that. It's something that we've had issues with here over the past few seasons, but Nick, we've talked about the offensive line. We talked about these uh, running backs here in tier one, but are there any adjustments that the Bears need to make to put both of these backs in a position to succeed this season? Uh, obviously, it wasn't all on the offensive line a year ago, even though a good chunk of it was. Um, or do you have any other adjustments? You've hit on a lot of good stuff, but are there any other schematic type of things you want to see implemented or changed to kind of get more out of both of these backs? I wonder if just putting them both in the backfield in that kind of shotgun where Mitch is in the shotgun, you have both Cohen on one side and then Montgomery on the other side can maybe open things up for a bit because we just talked about it. Both these guys are capable of going out for routes. Both of them are obviously running backs and can run the football between the tackles and just kind of actually looking at the stats. Cohen was surprisingly better running in between the tackles. Just, you know, you think given his size and running between tackles is not going to be successful for him. He actually did have quite a few good runs just running in between the center and guard, uh, left guard there. But I think just maybe implementing more of that. I know the Bears actually started off the season doing that quite a bit, but I don't know what happened throughout the course of the season where you didn't see as many times where Montgomery and Cohen were on the field, in the backfield at the same time. As a defense, you're just guessing. Who's going to get the rock? Who? Where are they going to go? And what are they actually going to do? Just make... Anytime you could slow down a defense to get them thinking, I think that's exactly what you want to do if you're Matt Nagy and this offense. They'll take any advantage they can get. And if it's as simple as putting two guys in the backfield and then having them guess, you'll take that. You're right. Yeah, we talked about that a lot last offseason, envisioning that being a very vital part of the offensive scheme and just having a little bit more of that, oh, was it, that's 21 personnel with two backs and one tight end. Did I do that right? Nice. Look at me. Uh, so yeah, we didn't see that nearly, like you said, to the degree that we thought. So we'll see. Maybe that gets implemented a little bit more. Um, interesting that you're right, that that didn't really come to fruition, but we'll see. That would be an interesting adjustment, and it would go back to everything we were talking about a year ago as we're envisioning both of these players kind of carving out some different roles. But let's go ahead. Let's move ahead and look at the second tier of running backs on the roster heading into training camp. You have Ryan Nall, who, of course, uh, we need to appease our listeners and just begin with Ryan Nall. Uh, he's been that fan favorite favorite over the course of the last couple of seasons. He's that training camp hero, and unfortunately, not going to have much of an audience this year due to COVID. Uh, we've seen him flash in camp. Also, some big runs in preseason here or there, but Nall only has two career touches and eight yards and a first down to his credit. So that's where he's at. Then you have Napoleon Maxwell, an undrafted free agent out of Florida International. He's more of that bruiser type of back, plays with a great deal of physicality. Primary backup throughout his time in college, but still found himself averaging over five yards of carry and about 2,100 rushing yards throughout his career. Uh, he's not going to blow you away with speed, um, but he is good at seeing the hole, planting his foot, and hitting it with a purpose. And then you have Artavius Pierce, an undrafted free agent out of Oregon State. He shared some time here with Ryan Nall uh, at Oregon State. Uh, some places uh, had a mid-round grade on him entering this year's draft. And what I like about Pierce is that he appears to be an interesting combination of speed, size, and power. He averaged 6.4 yards per carry over his last two seasons. 
Uh, he is best suited in a zone scheme, just like the Bears run. Uh, look no further than his game in 2018 against Ohio State of all defenses, where he put up 168 yards on 11 carries. At that time, he was named the starter for this team, but he had an elbow injury that allowed him to lose that job in 2018, and then he ended up splitting duties last season as well. So, Nick, I... Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo SmartBase from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. I am curious of what you want to mention out of the players in this group. There's not a lot in each of these guys. Again, Ryan Nall, really just a preseason type of standout right now. And the other two guys haven't even had a practice snap yet here in the NFL. But we have a huge hole for a third running back on this roster. Each of these backs bring a little bit of something different to the table. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you mentioned there is a hole right now at that third running back position or waiting to be filled by one of these guys. And you have to think Ryan Nall is at the top of the list to be that guy, but I just don't know if the Bears are going to go that route. They haven't done it yet. And even though there is a vacancy at the position, it doesn't. I'm not very confident that the Bears are thinking, okay, we have Ryan Nall here. He can fill it. We'll be fine. We're content with where we're at, the running back spot. I wonder if that just means that Cordell Patterson's snap count actually does go up, and that is your three running backs. And we're not, this tier two that we have labeled here, there's not really much consideration for them even having significant playing minutes. That's where I'm kind of at with this group. I think if Ryan Null were to actually be implemented, it would be more of that fullback, you can leak him out of the backfield type of role, but it doesn't seem like the Bears want to go that route. Or if they're maybe waiting, it's just it hasn't come to fruition yet. So and I can't speak on the other guys just because obviously, you know, each one had success in their their respective colleges. But there's going to be a limited preseason. We don't really know what's going to happen in training camp. And if the Bears really are thinking Cordell Patterson is RB3, then I think it's set in stone. And these guys are not going to get the reps or opportunities that they probably could have gotten in a different whole entire different year with a different situation different circumstances so I'm not confident any one of these three guys are going to actually contribute significant minutes even on special teams like for a guy for Ryan Null um, I just don't even see that happening to be completely honest yeah I'm torn on what the Bears think of Null uh, just because they've kept him around uh, I know he's he's been someone that they've touted as someone who's really good uh, running the scout team offense, not running it, but being a part of it. Um, they like him in the building. Doesn't mean he's earning of a roster spot. You could be well-liked, but it doesn't mean you're ultra-talented. And I think we know with Nall, the talent, it's, you don't have that high of a ceiling when it comes to Ryan Nall. So it is really interesting uh, how COVID and how the limited training camp, the preseason is going to affect some of these younger guys uh, like a Pierce, like a, on top of that to a Maxwell. It's just... Real interesting because I do think in different circumstances, perhaps one of these guys have a legitimate shot. It's just interesting. And, of course, with all of the different receivers that the Bears have and trying to figure out how they're going to fit in these different roster spots, this may be a way for them to squeeze another receiver on the team by having 
Patterson as your running back. It doesn't matter what his designation is, but I don't even know if he counted me for this show. Uh, who's making the team? Uh, he's just that kind of a wild card player, that hybrid guy, but could be a way for them to sneak in another receiver on this roster without having to fill up a true running back being that third guy. I don't even know, know this is an well, ideal situation. Less, Go ahead. Yes. Uh, one last thing. It could also be what Matt Nagy's philosophy is and how he kind of sees the running, the rushing attack. We've been wanting to see more from the running game for obviously two years now since he's been the head coach of the Bears, but it hasn't happened. Now, obviously, it got way worse last season, and it just seems like Nagy just prefers to pass the football. Even if his quarterback's not capable of making the right reads or whatnot, he will go that route instead of trying to correct or establish the run so that the running back position doesn't have as much value, even though they obviously moved up to get David Montgomery. But that could also factor into what you were just saying. They might just value just adding another wide receiver onto this roster, which I think just looking at the tier two guys at the running back position might be the better option here. But that could also play into why the Bears, once we get to our uh, roster predictions here, why they may only keep a certain number of guys as opposed to adding one of the guys in tier two. And it's scary too, Nick. It really is because we mentioned at the top of the show, David Montgomery is would be then, by and large, the only true running back on this roster, which is a very unique situation. I haven't seen that here in Chicago before, uh, besides when uh, Mike Davis got cut a year ago. But I think we saw that lack of depth really being something that was inhibiting this offense from really having living up to its full potential. Um, because once you take out Montgomery, if he needs a breather, then you're kind of stuck to have to either do a Patterson or a Cohen. And sometimes you don't want that. Maybe you're having a sustained drive where you're running it down the defense's throat and you need someone just to come in to be that change of pace type of back. And we still don't have a true one of those. Um, And as you know, since this time last year, I've still been looking for that bruiser type of a back. You have the shifty guy uh, who can break through contact in Montgomery, the speedster in Cohen. And I still feel like you're missing that bruiser back to run defenses over. Uh, You're not going to get that in Patterson. And maybe you can find it in one of the guys like uh, Maxwell, who's more of that physical physical type of running back. But as an undrafted free agent, I know you can find running backs in that kind of area that can produce uh, just because running backs are a dime a dozen. Uh, but I'm sure if one of them can make the team. Is there any, uh, you ready to kind of just jump in and figure out who is going to make the team, at least our predictions for it? Yeah, let's go on and do it. <sighs> I'm t- I'm torn. Uh, are you going with two, two slash three? No. If you're, yeah, I guess if you consider Cordell Patterson, right? Which we are in this episode. Um, it's gonna be where we get to the wide receiver episode, but I I have three, I, I guess. Okay, and I, obviously it's Cohen Montgomery and Patterson. I don't think we need to beat around the bush here. Yeah, that's the exact players I have, and. I, they just haven't look last year they had four and Mike Davis was the fourth one and they didn't and or sorry they had David Montgomery Cohen I wasn't including Patterson in that group last year and then Kareth White and then obviously he goes on and plays for the Steelers or what they yep. let, let go of him so it just seems like they've had running backs and they're just willing to let them go bring them in and just not utilize them a lot so I think three including Patterson is what the number will be come 2020. Interesting. I'm going to go on a limb and just say they want a third running back on this team that's a running back, running back. And if I'm going to go with someone, 
even though it's a long shot right now, it could even second as my bold prediction. But I'll look at a guy like Pierce. Uh, he is someone who is a more true running back who could be a three-down type of a guy. Uh, like I said, people did have mid-round grades on him, but he fell in the draft, and luckily I think he's here in Chicago. Uh, but with how the offseason has unfortunately gone virtual, really behind the eight ball for that. Uh, this is something that I was really hopeful for back in May. Um, but really, we'll see how preseason kind of treats this, really, the whole situation here. But on top of that, Null is still a very interesting option just because they've kept them around. Don't think that's always maybe the best thing, um, but it could be indicating of indicative of what's to come here with the Bears running backs. But I have a hard time buying or drinking the Kool-Aid of them only keeping two, quote, running backs in Montgomery and Cohen and then having... Patterson be that hybrid guy between the two positions. That's, to me, a tough pill to swallow, at least from a personnel standpoint. But with this team, with this offense, Nick, I want to be surprised if it actually ended up going to do that. Yeah, no, it makes it makes sense, Will. I, I see the, the skepticism and just the uncertainty. Like, if Dave Montgomery goes down, who are you really re- relying to give the, the football to just as a normal running back. I know the Patriots did that for a couple of games in 2018, but is that the ideal scenario? Probably not, right? They had a lot of running backs go down that season, but I don't think the Bears would want that to be the case. And you can't give the ball to Tariq Cohen every single time. Or he can't he can't have the workload that David Montgomery sometimes had in this past season. Exactly. You, need, you just need someone that can step in. And maybe one of these undrafted free agent guys are really good and you don't give them a lot of looks in the preseason, but you know what you have, and you can stash them in that practice squad. So maybe if worst-case scenario happens that you just mentioned, you just have to figure it out for the rest of that game, and then you can elevate one of these guys to the active roster off of the practice squad uh, to fill in for the consecutive weeks or the week, and hopefully none at all. But that could be an option for them as well. So even if they don't make the team, but they make the practice squad, they could be waiting in the wings for something like that to happen. But to me... Having Jess Montgomery be your only true running back behind, again, you have Cohen, who's that, he's a tweener. I mean, we talked about him as a running back, but also as a receiver today. And same thing with Patterson. To me, that's real scary territory. And it's a slippery slope if the Bears put themselves in that situation heading into the 2020 season. All right, Nick, time to do some over, under, some true and false, bold predictions, and our confidence meter to kind of wrap up here, our running back preview. So to begin, I'm setting the over, under for David Montgomery at 1,100 rushing yards. Are you going to take the over or the under? I'll go over. He's definitely capable of being that type of back, and I think if he actually gets more opportunities, more if he gets the ball more than 20 attempts four times in 2020, which he should, He'll definitely get that that yards per carry average and the yards with it. So I'll go over. All right. Um, do you have a number? We'll say. What was it? Eleven hundred. So what down? <laughs> yes. Twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Okay. I'm gonna take the under at ten seventy five. Just to play a little devil's advocate, uh, that wouldn't be a detriment to him. I mean, it's still an improvement from his rookie season, but. Hopefully the Bears are able to open it up through the air just a little bit more too, and the carries get divvied up a little bit differently, which would ease the burden on Montgomery. So for me, I'll take the under, but just a slight under. Uh, Over, under, 10 rushing touchdowns for Bears running backs. Six last year, all of which came from David Montgomery. As I mentioned, uh, Tariq Cohen was shut out. So 
I'm going to put the bar relatively high, and I'm going to put 10 rushing touchdowns for running backs. What do you got? I'm going to go under there. I mean, look, outside of David Montgomery, you're not going to really be using – unless Tariq Cohen breaks a long run, right? But in goal line situations, you're probably going to want him. And he had, what was it, uh, eight touch or six touchdowns last, last year. So I'll go under. I'll go nine total for the, all the running backs there. There you go. I'm taking the over for this one. I like how he flipped on yards and touchdowns, but I'm going to go with 11. Uh, lucky number, but definitely a good number if we can get that between all running backs here on this team. And I would take that uh, really any day, but we'll see what kind of comes from it. Uh, over, under, I have 1,000 total yards from Tariq Cohen, which a couple seasons ago, heck, even this time last year, it would have been a gimme. Um, but last year, he wasn't able to really reach that mark. I'm going to take the under at only about 775 here for total yards. But again, that is low for someone of his, I would say caliber, I guess potential, um, someone of his playmaking ability. But how about you? Over or under 1,000 total yards for Tariq Cohen. And that's including punt return y- yards as well, right, Will? Uh, no, this would just be uh, scrimmage yards as just an for, offensive mm. player. Good call, though. Then Good way I to will clarify say- it. Yeah, so then I'll go. I'll go under as well. Um, I think a lot of uh, what Tree Cohen can do is when he's in space and you know can run around the you know just defenders and whatnot, and that's coming from that punt return game. We just gotta see how this blocking actually turns out. But I'll go under if it's more efficient. Like I said earlier in the podcast, I'll take that for Tree Cohen. I just don't want to see what I what I saw this season. A lot of receptions, but they just weren't significant receptions. Okay, two more over-unders. This one is for both running backs, Montgomery plus Tariq Cohen for total yards. I'm setting it at 1,900. Uh, to, for comparison purposes, they combined for 1,743 total yards a year ago. So I'm setting it at 1,900. Where are you at? Uh, it's got to be over there. I just think they're both going to have a bigger impact in the passing game, more specifically David Montgomery there. So we'll go... 2,200 for all purpose yards for those two guys. There you go. I have 2,000 flat, so I'm taking the over here as well. It's a good even number just to throw here for the show. Last over under, 25 rushes for Cardero Patterson. So 17 a year ago. I'm putting the bar at 25. I'm going to take the under at 24. So just barely. So seven more rushes last year. But the Bears said they want to see him more as a running back. Nick, do you think they'll give him more than those uh, 25? That would constitute as a more of a running back role. Yeah, that definitely would. And if, look, if the scenario comes out where David Montgomery gets an injury, you could definitely see that scenario where Cordero Patterson does have to take more of those running back reps. 25, though. Uh, he had 45 with the New England Patriots in 2018. And that was, I think that was a little high for him. I'm going to say it's going to be under 25, though. Maybe... 18 at the most. Okay. So not any different really compared to a year ago. No, I just hope it's more efficient. That's the whole thing with me. Efficiency when they actually get the ball. Understood. Uh, True or false, Nick, David Montgomery will have double-digit rushing touchdowns. I think you already alluded to this um, on one of the over-unders, but that's okay. Uh, Just uh, verify that's going to be a false for you. Yeah, that's going to be a false by one, though. Nine. Yeah. That's what I have. So I have false as well for nine. So close to the double-digit touchdowns, but yet so far away. And one more true or false. 
Tariq Cohen will be in the top three on the team in terms of passing targets for the fourth straight season. Man, I hope not. Um, but I think it will be something that that happens just because that's it's been look outside of maybe the tight end position being like a safety blanket and obviously Allen Robinson. It's Tariq Cohen. That's the guy that Mitch Trubisky or maybe Nick Foles would probably like to throw to because easy, simple completion. Um, so I'm going to go with true. It is the case, but I hope it's false. I'm kind of right there with you. It's hard to say it won't happen if it's happened every year he's been here in Chicago. Kind of unfortunate, I would say. Uh, this was last year, especially because he wasn't getting any value out of those catches. Um, but I do think he will be highly targeted yet again. Uh, and looking at the touches here, at least the targets, you talked about it. Tight end, which will probably be split up a little bit more now because two years ago it was a lot of Trey Burton. But now with Komet and Jimmy Graham, those should be d- divided up. Uh, then who do you have as a second receiver right now? We have to figure out who's going to replace that Taylor Gabriel. Does that mean more looks and touches and targets for an Anthony Miller? Or are those going to get divvied up with someone else like a Riley Ridley, a Javon Wims? You just don't know right now. So for me, when you're looking at consistency throughout the last four seasons, it's Tariq Cohen. He's always up there, either second or third. Uh, so for me, uh, you just kind of have to let history be the indicator of what's to come. So I'm going to say true. But like you, Nick, I do hope other options present themselves so they don't have to heavily rely on Tariq Cohen as much as receiver too. All right, do you have a bold prediction for our running backs, Nick, for the 2020 season? Yeah, so my bold prediction, going to specifically to David Montgomery, he broke 47 tackles last season, which was eighth most among running backs. My bold prediction is that David Montgomery goes up from eight to number one and is the most elusive running back in the NFL, basically, is able to get the most broken tackles, just make yards after contact, but he will lead the league in broken tackles in 2020 is my bold prediction. There you go. I'll go bolder for David Montgomery. And I think it's fair to keep our bold prediction surrounded around him just because, like we said, he had about 80% of the carries last year. And even though it may go down a bit, maybe we're still expecting him to take the vast majority. I'm going to say it all comes together. And he's going to prove all the doubters wrong. The offensive line clicks. About 2,000 total yards for just David Montgomery. The Bears don't have to pass nearly as much. Matt Nagy finds a whole other chapter of his playbook that he forgot about that's all about running the football. David Montgomery averages 20 yards. I mean, 20 yards. Jeez, that would be terrible. Averages 20 touches (laughs) per game on the ground. So 2,000 total yards for David Montgomery uh, will be my bold prediction. So that's a good, that's a pretty, pretty bold one, if I would say so myself. But Nick, just like the offensive line, uh, which we recorded here about an hour ago, uh, my confidence in this group, it's a little shaken, maybe a little stirred. Don't know really where to peg it just yet. I mean, I have a number down, but definitely not ultra confident. Uh, Where are you in terms of your confidence meter for uh, the Chicago Bears running backs heading into 2020? Yeah, I think we're, we're confident. And David Montgomery and what he's capable of doing. That that much is true. But it's what is behind him, and that's what's keeping me from giving this, I think, a higher score than what I'll end up giving it. Because Tariq Cohen, he's, he's a gadget player. So is Cordell Patterson. Those are two backs behind David Montgomery at this point in time. So I believe in David Montgomery. I like what he's capable of doing. I think what he's going to do in 2020 
but you have to factor in all these guys. And if you want to go to the tier two guys as well, do that. But I think just looking at that group, it's got to be maybe a 6.5. Like I gave it what a, the last one, the offensive line, a 5.9 or 5.8 or whatever it was. A lot is going to be riding on that offensive line improving, no doubt. But even if David Montgomery does well, there's two other guys that you they have to have the perfect scenario happen, the blocking scheme, the plays, to get efficient yards out of them. And if that doesn't happen, which usually doesn't happen in football, they're not going to be as effective players. David Montgomery is really the only guy that makes yards happen when there's nothing there. So I give it a 6.5. I have all the confidence in David Montgomery, just not everybody else. I get that 100%, and that's why I'm actually a little bit below you. I'm sitting at about a 6.2 here. Offensive line, you have to take a part of it, but if you're looking at just the backs, again, you have David Montgomery. We saw it in spurts, but unfortunately for him, we didn't get to see his full potential a year ago, and the hope is there's still a lot more left underneath the hood than we saw last season. But on top of that, Cohen's lack of efficiency going down, the question surrounding that running back three position will it be Patterson how much of Cordero Patterson will be involved in the backfield how would the Bears actually utilize him if they do give him more touches and honestly will defenses just key in on it all too early uh, all too easily and if that's the case and the Bears are in trouble as well on top of that Nick you think it's fair to kind of weigh in and put in Matt Nagy's at least what he's displayed as that inability to want to establish a run on any given week um, also plays here as well as you hit it the lack of depth we have no idea who that running back three is is it going to be a hybrid guy like Patterson is it going to be an undrafted guy is it going to be Ryan Null questions that I need answers to before I can raise my confidence here in this position so for me a 6.2 I think is fair I wish it was higher because uh, I do think we've seen really good things out of Tariq Cohen in the past. We've seen, like I said, uh, glimpses of hope for David Montgomery. But again, we can't be ultra confident or all too confident that they can put all these pieces together. Uh, the offensive line, the running backs, the coaching, it's a lot up in the air right now. And it's hard to really get ultra confident in this group. Any final thoughts before we wrap up here, Nick? Well, I think that the lack of confidence is only going to continue because this is the offense now, Will. We are in the offensive stage of the countdown to camp. So this is obviously the side of the ball where things did not go right. So I know I said at the beginning of this podcast, maybe we'll be a little bit more hopeful, but we still got all the rest of the offensive positions to kind of get through. And it's probably going to be somewhat similar in terms of the conversations we're going to have and just what the Bears have to offer at those respective positions. But, you know, coaching is going to be a huge thing for everything. It's supposed to become right with this Bears offense, and we'll just have to wait and see if that actually happens. Absolutely agreed here, Nick. I think that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank everyone who joined us here for the second live stream of the evening. Uh, apologize that it seems like the Internet is still giving you guys some fits here with some buffering. Hopefully it's a one-week kind of a hiccup. Uh, usually we don't have this many issues usually it's just Nick's mic popping once in a while and I sometimes get disgruntled about that but honestly I would take that uh, any other day of the week uh, compared to what we've been experiencing tonight but uh, for those who are listening to the podcast you don't have to deal with some of that BS uh, thank you as well uh, you get a little bit of an easier listening experience for sure and make sure to support our show uh, by telling fellow Bears fans about us leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and if you want to shout out on our show 
and to help us along the way, just leave a small $5 donation on Venmo or PayPal at the Chicago Audible for Venmo and chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal uh, for, well, PayPal. And we'll be back next week. I think, Nick, are we doing another double recording night? Uh, do I need to get my internet a break so it starts to get prepared for another one of those nights? I think we need to in order to kind of play some catch up here. Yeah, whatever we have to do. If it's another double, we'll hopefully have things kind of situated to where when we do a double, we'll we'll be ready for it. I mean, we're I'm ready for it. You're ready for it. It's just a matter of internet uh, connection playing nicely to allow us to do it. And if we have to record offline, so be it. Definitely not my preferred. I love these live shows. Uh, the adrenaline rush of doing live recordings is something that I know, Nick, you and I, we always, whenever we have to do an offline one, we always say it just doesn't feel the same. So hopefully it doesn't come to that. I'll give uh, good old Comcast Xfinity another phone call or two throughout this week to see if we can get things straightened out. But I think what, if we do a double episode next week, Nick, we're going to go tight ends, wide receivers. That's a lot of people to talk about, but I think that's probably what's best. Yeah, I think that's the best case scenario, and it'll set us up to talk about, you know. Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> the big <laughs> elephant in the room, which the grand finale being that quarterback competition, which I'm excited to have that show. That will be a really good one, but that's coming up here in a couple of weeks. But the next time you hear from us will be about, I think, the one billion tight ends the Chicago Bears currently have here on this roster. So what should we expect from Jimmy Graham, and will he prove to be worth the money? How does Cole Komet fit in as a rookie? Who do we expect to be the primary backups, and will we see the end of the almighty Adam Shaheen era here sooner rather than later? We'll answer those questions and much more next time. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.